the best life. Yeah. Yeah. The shirt. The shirt chose you. Is what I'm saying. Like it's a. It's a calling. Anyway, it, 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 fits, it fits the bill. It fits the bill. It fits the in as well. The in. It fits the ass music. Ass music. And he's badass music. That's it. Badass music. Oh my. Why gosh. have we never said that? Have you ever said that? Badass music. Badass music. Cool. Uh, now is uh, can we get a can we get a shot of the the new mandolin here? Yeah, please. I don't know. Are we is 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 that possible? Yeah, I'm liking the, the new setup. Ian got a couple new uh, toys here. Got a new pedal board. And uh, rocking the tone, baby. The tone bone. What the hell is that? Stone on air coming up. Completely unsanctioned by the church. Stone on air. Whatever, let's just do this. Stone on air. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. Give human beings opportunity, and you'll be absolutely shocked with what people do with it. Stone on air coming up. Stone on air. All right. Welcome in, everybody. How are you? It is the Stone on Air podcast. My name is Brian Stone. This is first being available to download. On March 3rd, 2022, thank you for finding the show. Lots to get to today, which is true every week. It's your midweek download destination for thousands in the city of Chattanooga. Every Wednesday, eh, or occasionally on Thursday, it is a Stone On Air podcast. best line from this song when it gets later into it is uh, I hate my generation now that I say it I feel liberated um, so there's a chance that there's going to be a few people here that might have never been here before and if that is true thank you I appreciate you being here unfortunately it's for a very terrible terrible reason and I'm going to save most of my thoughts for it to the end of the show, the final segment, put a full segment to it so I don't blend in stuff you might not care to hear about with my some regular listeners who might not know who this person is who passed away earlier this week. Um, his name's Ian Asmusum, I think is how I said his last name. I was never very close with him. Local musician, bartender guy, food in- service industry, hospitality industry. And uh, about my age, I, he might have been a little younger, could have even been a little bit older. And uh, I'm just going to leave that right there and come back to it. So if you are here for the first time, you don't care about any of my monologue and jibber jabber for the next however long this goes. I do these in three segment shows, generally speaking, between 15 and 20 minutes each. And so if you want to just catch the end, that'll be around you know 40 after or so 40 minutes into the show. So feel free Jump ahead of all this mess if you're not interested in it. Or hang out for the uh, for the almost full hour if you would like. Either way is cool with me. I'm just happy to have you here. So, again, I, I'm going to put a pin in that. I'm going to mean, pretend like it's not a thing. But I'm going to get to regular scheduling the way I do this show and come back to it delicately and, um, and respectfully. Uh, I, I promise you on that because this is a big deal. So we'll come back to that here in just a little bit. Uh, for everybody else who hangs out, um, again, thank you for finding the show. I think we're about seven weeks 
into a weekly show. I want to keep it every single week. And every single week it gets closer, and I'm like, what the hell am I going to do today? And then there always seems to be something to discuss. So uh, I'll get you the the three segments here, the open. The second segment, I've been kind of sitting on this for a while. The Bannon Books, in, is it McMinn County or McMinnville City? I think it's McMinnville County up towards like Athens on your way to Knoxville. McMinnville, the city, is more... Uh, central, mid, uh, mid-state, mid I think. Either way, Podunk, uh, you know, Bumpkinville, uh, after they had some books removed from their school, we do this every decade, we do this every year, we do this every generation, and um, I've got some thoughts that maybe you aren't going to be expecting, or maybe you are, I don't know. I'm going to spend a segment on that, and then, uh, again, looking back at Ian's life and the, the little that I knew of him in the final segment of the show. Uh, just a handful of um, of news and notes to myself here. Just uh, you know, bullet points before I get to the three pieces of audio I have for you. I have the oddest thing, the worst idea, and the coolest thing. And about uh, I don't know eight or nine minutes from right now. So we'll start with my list. State of the Union. Um, I have literally turned off the political entertainment industry forever. I'll check in and get some news and notes and see a little Twitter chatter, Twitter litter. And social media mentions here and there just a little bit just to get the feel of where the room was uh, uh, of just how pissed off people are or are not. But I'm not going to sit around and subject myself to watching this stuff on television, watching big breakdowns on the crappy news TV shows that are not news programs or just entertainment programs. And I'm certainly not going to watch an incredibly old man blubber through uh, an hour and a half of constant uh, uh applause some applauding some not some jeering and hooting and hollering i am not interested in this and i haven't been for about 20 years i mean i've not made the state of the union something i normally watched i remember when i first got into doing talk radio i i um i was making it a point oh the state of the union with george bush is tonight i gotta watch it so i can have a better understanding of what's going on and i remember i was like what the hell is this mess i was in like 2006 so um, that's not. I'm not just now not doing it. I haven't sat down and watched one of these in years. So um, I'm sure it was as stupid as always. I went back and forth on this major league baseball thing. I don't want to bore people that don't care about this. I'm gonna do a dive into this if it goes another week or two. Right now, I'm just gonna be optimistic that maybe something gets taken care of and we play ball in the next month or so. I don't believe that's gonna happen for a second. But just for the sake of it, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave that one alone um, for right now. I will next week have you audio from probably a source you don't care all that much about. I, I hope I can piece it together to make it somewhat interesting as local elections are right around the corner. And this is a Chattanooga-centric, you know, Chattanooga local, regional kind of show. It can go all over the place. But that's generally, if there's something in town, I, I want to I talk about it. And, of course, the county mayor is worth discussing, I believe. And I don't really care who the district attorney is. I've never even thought about who the district attorney is, and maybe didn't even ever realize it was elected position. Um, Neil Pinkston is his name. I do know the guy. Well, I don't know him personally, but I've met him and been in the same room with him many times. He's been the district attorney for many years now. Uh, there's a big issue fuss with uh, his, uh, he married somebody within his uh, uh, his department, and so they were working together, but then they started a relationship, and then I think they ended up getting married, and then he uh, he hired her brother, to do something, all this is being frowned upon. Forgive me for not having better news and notes on this, because like I mentioned, I don't really care. 
But we had Weston Womp in, who's running for county mayor on the Chattanooga Drive-In Show, which we do Monday through Friday. Um, an exhaustive hour and 15, 20 minutes every day. And so if you want to check that out, feel free. But we had Cody Womp, his sister, C-O-T-Y, Cody Womp. And I'd never met her before. And she, uh, I don't know, I'm going to make up my decision after I listen to the interview again. I, the Womps are hard to, to embrace, but Weston I have embraced. But she's running against him for district attorney. She's 33 years old, and I'll play some of that audio for you next week so you're caught up there. Um, I, I, was, I just made this note to myself in my phone the other day, and I just so happened to run across one of these TikToks that kind of goes down the direction of what I was going to maybe do a segment on, but I'll just mention it. It is really an upside-down upside universe that we're in right now. And just by two main uh, temperatures that you can take, of the political ideologies and the and the and the political uproar, where are we in a par- parallel universe where the GOP and the talking heads on the dumb shows regularly are praising Putin and Russia in a lot of ways, and the Democrats are all kinds of big pharma and trying to mandate medicines be uh, administered to all Americans. Where, what happened to my parties? What happened to my American political uh, landscape? What's going on here? How did how is this happening? Uh, it's 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 mind blowingly frustrating, and I think a lot of it might have to do with the lack of understanding of anything. As a young person in your personal impressionable years, might kind of come back and swing around to our education and what we do and don't let children be. Uh, subjected to at a, at a young age, maybe, maybe not. More on that here in just a few. Um, and then it's Mardi Gras time. I, I never really knew all that much about Mardi Gras other than, you know, I just picture Bourbon Street and the Girls Gone Wild videos, right? Here's some beads, show me your boobs. That kind of just numb nut nonsense. And even as a young person, I thought, because I went to New Orleans when I was 18, so I've, I've, you know, clearly old enough to remember every minute of it. And I had an amazing time. My dad let me order beers wherever or drinks wherever we would go. And if it was like, if they'll sell it to you, you can have it. And of course they didn't in 1998, they didn't uh, card anybody. And so we were basically on Bourbon Street and I was at, you know, um, what's that? Pat O'Brien's and getting a hurricane on the, on the street and uh, having a big time. And I just, even as a young age, I thought, you don't have to, it doesn't have to be Mardi Gras to come here to have a great time. But now that I have friends that live in New Orleans, and I went back last year, I've been in love with the just the traditions of the the Creole, the French uh, connections, the even the, you know, I didn't even realize how much of the religious nature there was to Mardi Gras and Ash Wednesday and all the, you know, all these terms that I've heard before, but being so disassociated with with religious practices and beliefs, I didn't really understand how they fit together. And I've seen a lot of my friends in New Orleans this past week, and it's just a freaking party. I mean, it is a party every day, parades and costumes and 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 not lewd behavior, not from the things I'm seeing on stories on Snap and in Instagram. I'm sure there's plenty of lewd behavior all over the place, but that's not what it, it, it at its core value really is. Um, there's many places that the, the, the locals won't go to. And one of them usually is bourbon street. And I did a whole podcast on it last year 
while I understand that the city of New Orleans is kind of a trash pit, uh, well, bleep hole for lack of a better way of putting it, it is still a very, very fun place to uh, to visit, but it is pretty gross. I cannot, uh, I, I can't argue with that. And one of the biggest things is, you know, I've always liked seafood. Crawfish is not seafood. It's um, it's it's trashy uh, freshwater cockroaches of the of the of the rivers. Basically, mud bugs is what their um, their nickname is. And, but I love some crawfish. Love, love, love it. And if you get done with a big pile of crawfish, that's a pretty gross plate right there. If you know, you know. If you don't, you don't. And just imagine this stuff is getting eaten for dollars a pound all over the state of Louisiana and, and lower Alabama, Mississippi, all over. And then this stuff is just piling up trash. They're not composting any of this stuff. It's 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 disgusting. It's disgusting. But I did stop by uh, Poorhouse Parkway to get some crawfish the other day, and they wouldn't sell it to me. On Mardi Gras day uh, for a to-go order, I had to only purchase it and sit down inside, and the place was just bonkers. It was it looked like a fantastic time, but I wasn't going to fight that crowd. If you do want some crawfish, and it's usually pretty quality but very expensive, Champies here in town has it every weekend, so I'll stop in and get some crawfish at Champies this weekend. Uh, what else? What else? Real fast. So um, I-75 slash gas is one of these things I wrote down. It's less about gas. It's more about I-75. Coming from Ottawa towards downtown, so not going, you know, go on 75, but to go to the 24 split, which is beautiful. It's gorgeous. It's amazing looking, but it's not any more functional than it was for I-24 than it was before they started all the work. And the main reason for that first phase of all that work was to make 75 flowing freer. That was the first phase that they've done. Georgia into Tennessee, well, on 75 anyway, flows brilliantly. But anything that involves 24, that work hasn't happened yet. And I don't know when it's going to happen. But coming from Ottawa to East Ridge, if you're stopping in East Ridge and Brainerd there or all the way to downtown, however far, it is a damn near death trap around not even just drive time at 5, 4.30, 6.30, 5.30, I mean, you got the sun setting in your face. You come to the intersection. It's not an intersection, but when I uh, 153 merges with 75 as you as you pass Hamilton Place, and then as that traffic merges in, you get the East Brainerd Road traffic, which is always a, just a long line where they get their own dedicated lane. All these come together with plenty of lanes, but that doesn't mean it's not dangerous. I'm every day finding like myself thinking, oh, my God, I'm going to get in a wreck on my way home. I've never driven like this, like cautiously. I mean, I drive cautiously, but not where I've been concerned virtually every day. The sun is setting in your damn face, blasting you between the hours of, well, at this point where the sun is setting in the time zone or the time change, not here yet. 5.30 to 6.30 for an hour, it's just blasting you right in the eyeballs. You can't see a damn thing. And all these badass truckers and, you know, I don't care about my life drivers all over the place. It's insane. I know it might sound like an old guy here, but I wake up every day. I go from East Brainerd to downtown, then downtown to Ottawa, and then Ottawa back to East Ridge with gasoline prices at one of the highest it's ever been. I don't have a gas guzzling car, but it doesn't sip that much either. And it's just, God, it sucks. I'm like, can I do this the rest of my life? Can I drive out to Ottawa and downtown and all that? Just what the hell am I doing? I mean, I guess I'm going to have to unless I decide to change my whole life around, which I 
don't intend to do. All right, so there you go. Covered everything I had uh, jotted down to myself. Let's start off here with the uh, the oddest thing. All the stuff is TikTok stuff. And this is from at Lost Debate. It's a great uh, account where it's basically just clips of f- people's video uh, podcast, some kind of network of sorts. Not all left leaning, some right in there too. Left leaning, but harder for sure. But this is kind of a, the thing I was talking about where, why the GOP is where they're at and where they used to be and where the Democrats are now and where they used to be. And this is a perfect example of it. This is today's oddest thing as I turn that volume up here and I look for it here. And there you go. I come from the left. So my sensibility is. I am a bleeding heart lefty to my core. My factory setting default is to react to a story where I still will do it, where I'm like the left is the nice, the nice guys in the and problem I see on the left that really does terrify me is the censorship. And that's coming from institutions that are very powerful, that are all sudden, like, how did the left start defending big pharma? I was like, what? I'm a hippie. <laughs> I how did how did that happen? I don't understand. When did the left become like bootlickers for big pharma? It's such a perfect, perfect, perfect question. And I'll just leave that sitting right there. This is from another one I really like. Definitely a left leaning, but not necessarily only. It is a shorter version of the overall thing. I think it was closer to three minutes. This is about sixty seconds from um, at the Pocket Report, and uh, basically. War was gone, kind of, for just a couple of minutes. This is today's worst idea. Welcome to the Pocket Report. If you're an American under the age of 21, hopefully you had a good five months without war, but it's time to get back to it. Four days ago, Russia launched a full-scale invasion of Ukraine, a detrimental act of war by Vladimir Putin, Russia's brutal dictator that's only been pussyfooting around doing this for about two decades. The invasion has sparked international outcry, pleas for peace from around the world, and a very strongly worded letter by the UN. Along with international sanctions that do have a purpose but don't exactly neutralize missiles, the U.S. has addressed the conflict by providing weapons, aid, and some of the worst hot takes since Joe Rogan said the N-word a bunch of times and people were like, but he was only 48. Republicans have continued to cozy up to Putin while also criticizing Biden for not sending troops to Ukraine, raising the question of what they thought those troops were going to do in Ukraine. Most Democrats support Ukraine but in a thoughts and prayers way, and certain sects of leftists just really need to get off Reddit. America is absolutely a harmful, imperialist, propaganda-filled nation, but what's cool about this conflict existing in global politics and not Narnia is that Russia is bad, too, in a very similar way. The, Those coexist stickers do have multiple meanings. Oops, I think I added that bad. Uh, the Democrats stand with uh, Ukraine, but in a thoughts and prayers kind of way. thought that was very, very good. And the final one here, there's a little bit of language here, some F-bombs, but I just thought it was, it was very, very funny. Um, you probably get the extended warranty calls or the recalls on your car or all the different kinds of, oh, hey, your thing's messed up. We need to get your information. I'm sure you've gotten plenty of those. I get them all the time. Uh, also, having old cars my whole life, I always get them. Um, this is how the extended warranty guy or gal hopes the cold call will go is what I'm calling today's coolest thing. Hello? Hi, yeah, we've been trying to reach you about your car's extended warranty. Fuck, are you serious? Yeah, yeah, yeah we've been trying to reach Fuck, you. Fuck, dude. I know. How dude. long have you guys been trying to? A couple days, honestly, we've been trying to get Fuck, you. Fuck, bro, my yeah. bad, bro. No, that's cool. No, I didn't no, even, I seriously didn't even know you guys were trying to reach yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, dude, it's all fucked up, <gasps> so. 
So, like, what's up with it? Is it, like, this is my extended yeah, warranty? Yeah, dude, fuck, it's your extended one, too. Oh. I know, bro. So, what's, like, know. someone overextended it? or no, I think someone just fucked it up, bro. Like, I don't, <sighs> yeah, so it's just, like, fucked. So, we just... God, so, what should, should I just give you, like, my... You're probably just your social security. Yeah, dude, for sure. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. You got a pen and pencil, bro? Yeah, yeah, I'll take it down right now. <laughs> All right, it's six... <laughs> I don't know. Maybe sometimes my stupid humor is not everybody else's, but I thought that was funny. All right, so uh, many people, bumpkins or not, want to remove books from schools. But is it really a ban on anything? Are we really, uh, quote-unquote, outlawing or banning things from existence? Well, the short answer, the spoiler alert, is no, not at all. But I can go back and forth on this one. That's why I like it, because I can give you both sides which makes for a fun conversation, or in this case, a monologue for me to you. And we'll get to that coming up next. More of Stone on Air coming up. I'll go ahead and make sure you get another copy of that memo. At stoneonair.com. And I say smut and filth like this has no place in our schools. Kessenick, that book you're waving about is hardly smut. It is considered by many critics to be the classic novel about the 1960s. It's pornography! No, 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 no. The Supreme Court says it's not. And its author, Mr. Mann... He is sick! Terence Mann is a Pulitzer Prize winner. And he is widely regarded as the finest satirist of his time. Yeah, well, I think he's a pervert. He's probably a communist, too. Excuse me, madam. Excuse me. Terence Mann was a warm and gentle voice of reason during a time of great madness. He coined the phrase, make love, not war. While other people were chanting, burn, baby, burn, he was talking about love and peace and understanding. Oh, yeah? Well, your husband plowed under his corn and built a baseball field. <laughs> now, there's an intelligent response. At least, he is not a book burner, you Nazi cow. I've been waiting a while to use that one from uh, Field of Dreams. This is the biggest hit that the Screaming Trees had at the height of the grunge Seattle movement. Was on the single soundtrack. Mark Lanigan passed away last week. Only like 56 years old. Drugs got him. I don't think it was an OD. It just he just drank and drugged himself to death. It's the kind of examples I see that be like, dude, don't be like that guy. You're not that far behind him in age, and you've done a lot of the same things. Don't be like that guy. Such good music. So, yeah, I've been waiting to use that one for a while. Early on in the Field of Dreams movie, if you know, you know. And that was set in, that movie was not set in 1988. It was made and set in 1988 or 89 or 87. So, this kind of stuff's been going on for a very long time. And they didn't just come up with it for a cool movie portion of, a, you know, an early on PTA meeting or whatever it was school board meeting in a 1988 movie because it was a new idea. This is since the beginning of, you know, written history or, well, you know, published history anyway. What 
what do we do or don't let uh, people read when it you know all the way from communism propaganda and what still goes on to what we do here in America when we for some reason lose our minds and realize or, or don't realize that these freedoms are, are pretty important and strong and they're not always going to go the way you want them. Um, so I, uh, this was in reaction to, again, was it McMinn County, McMinnville City, rural Tennessee, the, the school board voted across the board, no nays, all yays, to, book, to ban some books. And I went down a few roads. I had a lot of things printed off here that I was going to maybe even highlight and read. And then I just got lazy and I didn't feel like doing it. So I figured I'd just scan a few of them, put together a few ideas, jot down a couple of things, and then just do a, do a, a segment of just, you know, my thoughts on this. And I, I want to start off with something that's not going to be at first going to be like, dude, what are you talking about? What does this even have to do with, with, with your point that you're eventually hopefully going to get around to, uh, to making? Um, there's this guy that I work with and he is, uh, He's kind of an all shucks bumpkin guy. He's got it all together on a daily basis. He's been in the beer business for forever. He's from Cleveland, Tennessee. Well known in the city because of his connections with you know all the events that that happen. Uh, as smaller as they are, you know, compared to Chattanooga or Knoxville, it's still got its own little you know municipality, and they throw their little festivals and they have their beer uh, permits. and And he was involved with a lot of that for a long time. So he's a very functional brain, but he is still a very all shucks kind of guy. And, you know, at one point would make a lot of jokes at, at his own expense. You know, hey, I'm just a I'm just a country boy. What would I know about all these big fancy things y'all are talking about? And this is a kind of brain that I would like to try to keep from happening more into the future. If I had it my way, it's it's simple. It's simpleton minds like this. I really want to to try to keep at a minimum because once you get past your impressionable years and or your impersonable years, whatever the hell the word is, um, and you, and you start to get set in any way that you start to form, no matter what age that is, that starts to erode as you get older, you have the capacity to potentially learn more, but you generally speaking, we don't want to American culture leads to, we don't want to change ever, no matter what. I don't mean right or left things here. Just change sucks for most of us. And so when your brain becomes locked in on where it's at, I think it's a lack of cultural um, awareness, a lack of cultural uh, uh, ideas, thoughts from other people. These are the kinds of things you get from books, you get from film, you get from television, and now for sure we mainly get it from social media world. And this is what I would like to stay away from. And that means we need to have vast areas of, of uh, literature and film and TV and people, uh, experienced minds and, and instructors and teachers and education. Not that you need to agree with all of it and that's what you need to do with your life. It needs to be available. I, think, I don't think many people are going to disagree with that overall. But let me real quick on the little just anecdotal thing from the other day, the other week. And this is another situation of where a dude just can't figure out how to read the room. And I think it's because of a lack of brain power. This is the kind of guy who'll come up to me all the time. Like, how about them Titans? What do you think they're going to do against the Bengals? Man, it's going to be tough. You know, that kind of stuff. That's fine, man. That's cool. That's small talk. I've known you a long time. We get along. Fine. But he was talking about the Daytona 500. 
and Bubba Wallace came in second. The black driver for uh, I guess I guess he's Michael Jordan's driver. I think he came in second. He placed high anyway. And I don't know if he was just in some kind of mood. I know I was in a mood. I didn't like take kindly to this at all. Um, he was like, "Man, see Daytona 500." I was like, "Yeah, I had an eye on it. You know, I didn't I didn't watch it closely. Couldn't even remember who won." He's like, "Man, they've just they've just changed, man. They're they're, they're not like identifying with their fan base anymore." Like I, I like like I mean like Michael Jordan's got a team, and you know all the car people are changing cars and the numbers, and I just don't I just don't like it, man. I don't I don't understand something like that. I'm 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 exaggerating a little bit, but not much. And all the whole time inside, I'm sitting here thinking this is in the hallway of a place of business in an echo chamber, soulless building of a lot of just people coming and going and earshots everywhere, and I'm like. Deep down, I'm like, Terry, what are you trying... Didn't mean to say his name. What are you trying to say? What are you doing? And if we were sitting on your back porch having beers and smoking a cigarette and you brought this up, I would still be like, "What, really? But I would go ahead and have that conversation with you because why not? But here, right here and now, are we going to do this right now? And I just was like, you know, hey, I don't know. I don't really watch NASCAR anymore. Oh, yeah, I know. I know, man. I just, just saying. I'm like, okay. Yeah. See you later, dude. And that's the kind of mind I want to to eliminate. Not that the guy's dumb, which he is, but it's fine to not be able to read a room, to not be able to critically think. All right. Again, sorry. Long story for if we, the more we take away from young people to be able to expand their minds on no matter what it is, the less creative and less... Uh, interesting and less articulate and less everything we're going to get going forward. Now, I don't really give all that much of a damn about the uh, long-term health of the next few generations. I ain't procreating here, man. I am completely selfish in nature on this. I'm trying to take care of myself. All the rest of y'all who got kids going down the road and grandkids, good luck to you. I hope it works out, but you know that's why climate change doesn't matter to me because I won't be here in however many years so the place can burn into the ground for all i care but i would like there to be a fighting chance so there's there's that there's there's that vantage point then there's another one that says really we're worried about a library in an elementary school like kids are even being encouraged to go to that library and learn how to look up a book check it out and read it. Really? That's what we're concerned about? I mean, if some Yahoo bumpkins want to say, I, I don't know, what's a quick example? I'm going to run through a few here. Uh, that the, sorry, where's my list? Let's say they don't want to kill a mockingbird in the library anymore. Fine. Right? Okay. Nobody wants to read To Kill a Mockingbird anyway. None of us did at a young age. We got the cliff notes. Thank God for cliff notes. Now, I wish I could say, oh, I'm well-read, and I, I read, my mind's expanded. No, my mind is half-mush because of alcohol and a lack of uh, a literacy. Well, not literacy, and I can't read, but you know what I'm saying. Um, so is, it really a, is this really a big deal? My answer to that rhetorically is, rhetorical question is, no, I don't believe that it is. And every time something like this happens, the book sales go through the roof, and if you really want your kids to be more cultured, Get them the books to read. You're not going to do that because that's not what people do. It's TikTok. It's social media. It's whatever it is the kids are doing that I haven't even heard of yet. 
It ain't sitting around reading books. So I pulled these that are from the most challenged book list, and it goes back for like 20 years, but I just looked at the last like year and a half. And, you know, some of these, I'm like, why are these here? And I can completely make an argument that these don't need to be in, a, in an elementary school library. I can make this argument all day on some of these. I mean, the, the ones I've heard of. Uh, George is number one in the last year and a half. LGBTQIA plus content conflicting with a religious st- viewpoint and the values of our community. Uh, stamped racism, anti-racism, and you. Challenged because of selective storytelling incidents. All American boys. Challenged because of profanity, drug use, and alcoholism. Speak. Yeah, I haven't heard of any of these. Contains a political viewpoint and was claimed to be biased against male students and for the novel's inclusion of rape and profanity. The absolutely true diary of a part-time Indian. Challenged for profanity, sexual references, and allegations of sexual misconduct by the author. You know, again, I don't know what any of these are. I don't know how, how true it is. To Kill a Mockingbird, we've all heard of. Of Mice and Men, we've all heard of. Can you imagine that? I haven't read that book, but I'm familiar with what it is. That we grew up where it was like, you can't read this book. To Kill a Mockingbird was required reading. We're not even talking about it being available in a library. It was required. At least in my world, it was. Uh, the Bluest Eye, considered sexually explicit and depicts child sexual abuse. Um, here's the one that where I will start to say, okay, let's talk about this. The Handsmaid's Tale by Margaret Atwood. I have not read this book, but I have read basically the Cliff Notes version of it because I have seen the television show. And anytime there's a television show or a movie that I watch that has a book, I go back to the book. Again, don't read the whole thing. My ADD doesn't uh, lend me that opportunity. I cannot read. My mind just starts to wander. But I can do cliff notes and I can uh, do audio, you know, books and reviews. And uh, here it says challenge for profanity and for, quote, vulgarity and sexual overtones. Now, that is putting it lightly. If the book and movie or show or three season show, or at least that's how far I got, or anything alike, it's full of all kinds of vulgarity and terribly uh, scary plot, dystopian America with you know communist rule and violent killing and violent rape and women of all colors kept in, uh, in, in complete slavery. It is a very, very difficult watch at times. That's what kept me kind of locked to it for a little while. I got bored with it and forgot to finish the finale and never came back to it. All right, so if that's even kind of like that, then we can have a conversation whether that needs to be in a library of an elementary school. I, I, I think that that's a fair enough conversation to have. It's complete fiction, clearly. Maybe that doesn't need to be there. What if that show was being sh- played in the, in the library on Wednesdays? Come watch The Handsmaid Tale, kids. I'd be like, hell no. <laughs> kids don't need to be watching that crap at school. And come home and watch it under parental guidance. As if there really is any actual parental guidance. So um, that really made me change my tune to say, all right, okay, we can have this conversation. We can talk about it. And then another one here, Harry Potter. You know, we all know it because of witchcraft and that kind of thing. And uh, that's about as far as I've got on that. I think a little bit of this is um, right now the more fuel is COVID kind of made people 
pay attention a little bit more because I had to. I mean, for years when I was a kid, it wasn't there wasn't like looking over lesson plans. I mean, it was go to school, and if you screwed up, there wasn't like not my kid. It was like, hey, why'd you screw up, idiot? Smack me in across the head, and that was a, a pretty uh, pansy generation, you know, as as a, as a, a, a very young Gen Xer. It only got worse from there. And now it's, oh, not my kid. Hey, your kid did this. No, my kid didn't. I see this with my younger friends, with their my millennial friends and their kids. Oh, my kid would never do that. Shut up. How does this happen to everybody? How do you forget what it's like to be a kid? And just as much, how do you forget that you weren't reading any books and you sure as hell weren't doing it uh, with any regularity? And what's the problem with having these mind-expanding and different kinds of uh, outlooks on life for young people to get to to learn for them for themselves you know this this is the guy i was just giving you the story about he's the kind of guy never voted before and now is you know a card carrying trump guy he's not a he doesn't know what a republican is he knows he likes his guns and he knows a baby should be born no matter what but that's about and god is great and that's about as far as it goes these are the kinds of minds that can get so radicalized so easily that's how this movement has happened so quickly in the last five, six years because of a lot of people who just don't don't blah, 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 don't know any better because they're not cultured. And I, I don't want to take that away from young people, but that's the thing. Nobody is doing it anyway. Now, is that a reason to just get rid of it all? No, it's not. Again, this is one of those ones I can go on either side of it and give you, a, 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 I believe, a, a devil's advocate kind of look. Well, maybe we should here. Maybe we shouldn't there. I don't know. People are also losing their damn uh, brains are literally deteriorating minds. One of them because of social media and the political just toxic nature of everything that's only going to get worse. And it's uh, it's 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 concerning. But is this really banning books? No, it's not banning books at all. And if a public school doesn't want to put them in there, then then don't. If that's what you want to decide. I don't want the Ten Commandments on the wall at a at a elementary school. I don't think that's necessary. It doesn't need to be there. I don't think the students should be uh, required to say the Pledge of Allegiance. Pledge of Allegiance. I don't think that that's, that, that's indoctrination. I don't think that should be uh, allowed. But I'm not going to go to the school board meeting and fight over it. And I guess if you wanted to, if that person wants to do that about a book or about a flag or about a Ten Commandments or about a religious belief... Good luck to you, and uh, and and if you really want your kids to get a damn good education, do better in life and put them in private school. Put them in the, in the, in a denomination of religious private school or some kind of liberal arts or something where you know you can keep closer eye on it. But unfortunately, a lot of people can't do that, and that's the argument against either way there. So that's all I got uh, on that. Coming up next, it's going to get a little uh, not so fun. I've had to do this a couple times in the last few years. As we get older, we're going to start losing people. But being here in a midlife is not the time that we should be losing people. And it's it's going to happen. It's a circle of life. But the circle of life shouldn't be ending what should be halfway through it. And um, I'll discuss my um, small relationship with uh, Ian that passed away earlier this week coming up next. Now back to more. Stone on air. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. Stone on air. This is uh, Danimal and Friends 
from a couple of years ago that I found on YouTube. It was a streaming Sunday fun day show in June of 2020, so right when lockdowns were really hitting. They call this, obviously it's 50 Ways to Lose Your Lover, but they call it 50 Ways to Danny Glover. Listen to it for a minute. Ian as Musum. I I, I I hope I'm saying that name right. I'm sure I'm not, but that's him on mandolin in the background. I don't think the words are changed anything other than Danny Glover. I don't know all the players in the band because it changes from week to week. I know a few of them that come and go. And I, I could if I wanted to be, you know, make something that's not about me at all and make it about me. I could say, oh, I uh, dug through hours and hours and hours of audio to to find a good clip where they talk about Ian and, the, and his plane is prominent in the background. Uh, that's not the case at all. I, I, I went to YouTube and just Googled Danimal Planet and Ian and maybe one other thing, Jess maybe or something, another player in the band. And, um, and I just happened to stumble right on this. And when they're, this is an extenuation of the beginning of the show where they're saying badass museum, badass him. Um, Ian, they're showing his mandolin and his uh, his 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 uh, pedal board, and I just like it, there's something about that that's just I don't know if the word symbolic is the right word to say or just something so perfect about it as I was trying to do something that could be somewhat of a, I don't want to call it a tribute just just something I had to, I wanted to say something and I thought how perfect is that. I went. This is a three-hour recording. They play. He's played hundreds and hundreds of shows. The the Danimal and Friends group online and live, and, and especially at that time, they were doing it every week, live, professionally shot and recorded. Not just like, hey, look at my phone. I'm gonna play guitar for you. Like a real production. And um, I just happened to land right then and there when he was the focus point of the music. I just thought that was uh, that was really, 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 really cool. Um, but. Ian is, um, he passed away earlier this week, and, and at first I thought, oh, God, here's another one. Um, because when you when you pass, roughly, I'm assuming most people listen to this are close to what I would say our age, uh, 30s, 40s, 50s even, it's, it, it's usually one of two-ish or three things. Um, you know, if, if you didn't know that they were terminal or had health problems, uh, it's because you either didn't know him or you didn't care. And, and I was just like, don't tell me another one by the way, just, I'm not, just use your imagination, what you might guess. And it turns out it was not one of the couple of things I was thinking about. Of course, addiction and drugs would be one of them. Um, the uh, ultimate horrible way to go was, was another one I was thinking, but this was more of a medical emergency that just kind of came out of nowhere. And it is uh, very, very sad. And I knew Ian, uh, well, well, let me start over. 
I often say, and just, I, you know, I do a few things I repeat all the time. I'll say, you know, I know the guy kind of, I don't know his middle name and I don't know his phone number. Right. So I don't know him that well, that kind of thing. Well, with Ian, I didn't know, I didn't even know how to pronounce his last name and I didn't have his phone number and, um, I didn't hardly know him at all, but I did go to the shows all the time for years. He's been playing with Dan for 10 years. Dan Pinson's one of the best musicians this city has ever seen. And his traveling show that he still, I mean, that's his only gig is playing music. And his traveling show is, ex- is extravagant and it's, it's incredible. All right, so let me back up real quick. I, I often talk about how I don't, I, I'll only meet you a few times. Um, I'll give you, you know, depending on how important or how interesting I think you are, I'll, I'll give it more or less depending on the situation. I have gotten softer on this these days in my older age, but for the longest time, that's how I was. I'll only meet you a couple of times. And um, growing up in the scene, if you will, with the in the musician, want, a wannabe musician, there's a lot of big time in people, immature jerks who just, you know, didn't... Oh, I you know I'm 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 act like I don't know you. That kind of like, oh, who are you? What do you? Do? Oh, you play? Oh, oh, got gotcha. Later on, oh wait, oh wait, who are you again? That kind of not some that kind of sometimes that stuff is done on purpose, and it's just very annoying. And then there's just some people that just never were cut that way, and I've just grown out of this in the last few years, really. And like I mentioned, it's been at least seven or eight years that I've been watching Ian play with uh, with Dan, maybe upwards of ten probably closer to 10 years. And I was at uh, one of his bars he worked at. I think it was Chattanooga Brewing Company. And I had, you know, this was five, six, however many years ago. And I was regularly out, like every nightfall, every uh, brunch, every feed show, every, whatever was going on, I was at least somewhere nearby. So I was recognizable to a lot of people. And a lot of people in these scenes were familiar with my work. But I was accidentally sometimes doing what I hated that people did to me doing to others. And I don't know if other people care or think or obsess about things like that, that I do, but I was at whatever bar it was and he was being chatty with me as if I kind of knew him. And then it was quickly understood. I guess the vibe was, Oh, he doesn't really remember, know who I am. He's like, Oh yeah. Hey man, I play with, uh, I play with Dan. And I was like, you, you play with Dan. I, I go to Dan's shows all the time. How do I not know you or at least recognize you? And I'm, you know, I don't remember what I said exactly. And um, in a certain setting, I, I would have taken that another way if I was on the flip side of that. Yeah, dude, I'm there every week, all the time. Uh, a prominent player here. Totally just, you know, chill. Oh, cool, man. Great to see you. Yeah, listen to your work or hear your stuff. And, 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 and just so that was a really good first impression. Well, I had another time shortly after that. I don't remember the timeline, but I ran into him again. I couldn't remember his name. I couldn't remember his name, and I only barely remember where I saw him before. And I thought, God, this guy's going to just think I'm a dick, man. I can't, I can't remember who he is. I forget his name every time. I, I, I'm telling you right now, I, don't even know, I didn't even know how to pronounce his last name. And then I think we joked about that one other time. And then just a few other times, I just, you know, I didn't talk to him every time I saw him playing. He was the, he was kind of a goofy guy in a lot of ways. A big Yankees fan, loved baseball, loved, loved baseball, and loved playing music. What's not to like about a guy like that? And that's about as far as the story goes that I have uh, about Ian. Um, Several years ago, a guy named Hunter White 
passed away in one of the most unfortunate ways that you can. And the, uh, the entire city, the scene, if you will, I hate to put it that way, but you know what I mean when I say that. It goes farther than just, quote, unquote, the scene. But it was a Facebook just, I mean, let's just cry and hug together for days. And somehow, and this wasn't one of those me forgetting, somehow I, I have no recollection of, of knowing this guy. We weren't even friends on Facebook, which I'm friends on with thousands of people on Facebook that I'm not actually friends with, especially musicians and media people. And I just felt it, and I thought, my God, this, this, this feels terrible. I can't participate in the grief because I don't, I don't know and I'm not going to pretend like I did just to try to get, you know, look at me kind of thing. But I could feel it like, man, I can feel where this this uh, sorrow is coming from. And it might have been e- even more for Ian that I've seen this week. Just nonstop heartbreaking posts of, in, in, a, in a life celebration kind of way, to be sure. But just heartbreaking nonetheless. And the difference here was everything I read were from mostly people I knew who I can identify with completely because there was one thing I saw so regularly that it blew my mind. You don't get so many people to be on the same page on the same thing almost ever because who doesn't say, oh, boo-hoo, I'm so sad for my best friend. He's the greatest guy in the world. No one's better than him. I mean, that's what you're going to get. But there was a small little portion, and I don't even know how it was worded, but I, I agreed with it so much. The guy was just the nicest dude ever. So genuinely chill, as they say. Just a cool, friendly, heartfelt guy. You can't say that about many people. I'm not that. I'm not a genuinely heartfelt, really nice, positive, uplifting presence. I'm not that. And if anybody says that after I die, feel free to look back to this podcast on the 3rd of March, 2022, and say he's a damn liar. (laughs) He's not that guy. There's a lot of nice things I'd like to think he can say about me, but those aren't things you can can accurately say. And some of my best friends and people I I, I interact with on a regular basis that are part of my life and, and important to me are not that genuinely friendly and just wonderful souls they're just not and i would never say that about him in tribute unless i believed it and in this case my limited interaction was just enough small sample yes but a big enough sample for it not to be just some kind of front right some some kind of ruse some kind of hey i'm trying to get something out of you i'm going to try to be nice to you because i i want to i don't know whatever be on the radio with you or be on a podcast or have you talk about me one day this was genuinely heartfelt stuff. When he had every right to say, this Brian Stone dude, he's a, he's a dick. He doesn't even really care. And I saw that kind of mention on virtually every single post I've seen all week long, and it just made me smile that I read that one right. I knew that this guy was that, was that cool. He was that genuine. He was that authentic. I'm sure flawed as everybody else. None of us are here going to get out of a, uh, out of this alive, and none of us are going to get out of it unscathed, and none of us are going to do everything right and be perfect and be wonderful all the time. But it does feel like this guy was one of the ones who was the closest to being able to check all those boxes, and he was just too damn young. And the circle of life should not end. The circle should not connect this early. 
And so, as others have said, I'll kind of just echo in the same way. I'm not posting on social media. I I hope people listen to this who care. This is as far as I'm going to put out there. I don't want to make this about me in any way. Um, But I will just kind of echo a lot of things I saw, especially from people who were, you know, most of them were were younger than me. But I, I don't know. The ages were pretty vast. Listen to your body. Get regular checkups. If something isn't right, do something about it. You know, see your doctor every year at least. Regularly have your mental makeup. Uh, if it if it's questionable, do something about it. Don't ignore like most of us do. And I'm sitting over here dying. I'm a bag of bones dying myself and not listening to the ailments that I have in my life. And it made me think a lot this week. Damn it. And just like I mentioned flippantly earlier with Mark Lanigan, who is just... T- uh, 14 years older than me he's dead now don't let don't let that happen it's, I mean, you can't control it you're gonna die but do your best to take care of yourself and don't be afraid to ask for help no matter what it is and this is not a mental health case issue it was just a freak incident that I don't know the details of and I don't need to know the details this is a need to know basis and I'm not on a need to know situation right now all I know is a really great guy a great mandolin player a great person in this community is now no longer with us and um, I guess I will wrap it up right there we'll go out with the rest of this live version of um, 50 ways to lose your lover or as Dan changed it to 50 ways to Danny Glover from two years ago they'll be at the feed doing kind of a reunion uh celebration get together sunday fun day on march 6th weather is going to be absolutely stunningly beautiful i uh i don't know if i'm gonna go that's gonna be a game day decision it's gonna be a crazy overflow crowd it's going to be, I hate to say this, but a lot of you got to make sure I'm here to be seen types. I don't mean to be a jerk about it on the way out of this segment. Um, I don't want to come across as that, but I, that was a home for me for a long time. It is my bar after all. Feeds my place. So the chances are actually I probably will at least hang out on the sidewalk and listen to the music with, and, and, and have a you know a White Claw or a drink or something. And it's, it's going to be good. So... If that's something you're into, um, the chances are you will know countless amounts of people there. And uh, rest in power. Rest in peace. And uh, Ian will miss you, buddy. All right. That's it. Goodbye. Later.